but deep down we just want to have fun and yeah. if you have fun with the bike do it if you have fun with skate do it if you want to to play i don't know kendama just do what makes you happy you know and don't think that much about what other people would think about you because at the end of the day it doesn't matter what they think it matters just how you feel and how you interact with your environment this is a life in motion audio experience a podcast about travel action sports culture and more What's up and welcome to episode 78 of Life in Motion. I've got Gabriel Goldsack with me, who's the founder of Share Bike, Share Smile. This charitable project provides secondhand BMX parts to riders from all over the world. I'm excited to learn how this idea uh, came about and how he's using it to break down the sometimes costly barrier of entry to BMX. Uh, Gabriel, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks a lot for having me here. I'm, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to speak up, to share what we are doing. And yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. And like I said, you know, I, I, I grew up riding BMX bikes, so I still kind of check all the the blogs and that kind of stuff to see what's what, and I stumbled across, uh, you know, what you're doing a couple months ago. So I was excited to reach out and, uh, kind of do it that way. But before we get into share bike and share smile, um, let's start with yourself, you know, where are you from, where you grew up, how did you get into BMX and then kind of where did this idea of, you know, this kind of journey that you found yourself in, how, how did that come about? Uh, I mean, I will start with the journey uh, because where I come from is a little bit hard. <laughs> uh, the journey, is, it was quite organically, I would say. Uh, it was always with me. I would say since I have memory, my oldest memory is just getting my first bike, just trying to, to jump stuff. And uh, my dad was always against that. So I, I would have to fight to, to ride bicycles. Then uh, we moved to Spain. Uh, I was born in Argentina. Then my parents uh, divorced. My mom went back to Spain and to Argentina. And uh, and then in that process, I wanted to stay in Spain because I was in, living in Malaga. I grew in Alcantara. I was there. Like I was riding with some really cool people. I, I was learning, but I was getting really inspired. But then the the relationship with my dad didn't didn't really work. So it was okay. I'm going back to Argentina. I know that it's fucked up there. So I started collecting parts to bring to Argentina. I was 14 back then. Okay. And that was a, um, the starting, not starting, because I never thought about this. And uh, I've been doing this for years just because uh, when I was in Argentina, I used to, to, to build my own grips with old tubes. I would, I, just, I would just quit them and tape my bar style, like tennis racket style, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I would do, do whatever I could to, to keep on riding, you know? And then when, once I moved back to Europe, I started seeing people that they have economical difficulties. So yeah, I was uh, having some extra parts, helping them. I was teaching people how to fix their bikes so they could, uh, they wouldn't stop riding because they have a fucked up wheel, you know, they could fix that and so on. With the time I started to uh, get myself into politics and activism. I started to, to help uh, refugees that were coming to Europe. And there was a big barrier uh, with people that have lost everything, I would say, to get to get to, get to know new people, you know? And uh, I never had that barrier. I, I've moved a, a lot in my life, and that's what's going to come later with where I come from. <laughs> and uh, because of BMX, I had always friends. So I was like, okay, maybe what I, these people need is just start getting into BMX. And doesn't have to be BMX. Uh, that feeling comes with escape with serve with any action sport that is a like small community in my case my love is bmx and that's why i share and then uh, with the time i i kept 
moving to different places. I kept helping people that way, introducing people to BMX that they were like, I don't know, two years ago, a friend of mine uh, was having problems with drugs and, and he was uh, 31 at the time. And I was like, dude, you start riding bikes, you're going to have a good time. He was like, I, I can't, I'm old. I was like, you're an adult, that's just a number. And this is just about having fun. So I built himself a bike here in Germany. I gave it to him. He started riding. He stopped consuming drugs. And then just happened organically. Until last year, a good friend of mine in Argentina, I was talking to him about this. I had the same situation with a teenage friend. Well, no, sorry. With a friend of my teenage years in Argentina. He got out himself out of drugs after, I don't know, three, four years of addiction. Wow, and yeah. uh, he, he told me, hey, man, I'm, I'm good. My family supports me, but I just feel empty. I don't know what's going on. And then uh, I told him, man, you need a bike. That's it. <laughs> you just need to ride bikes. <laughs> and he, I, he told me that with inflation and the economy in Argentina, it's not possible I can afford a bike. I have to pay my shoes, uh, paying monthly because I cannot just go on bike shoes. And I was like, no problem. I will gather parts, send you a bike. I did that, but in the process, I had too many parts. So I started talking with another friend um, to send more parts to Argentina. And that friend, Leo, from uh, Elise BMX, uh, he produced like some handcraft uh, uh, parts. I, we started talking back and forth uh, about what I was doing all these years. And he was like, dude, you cannot keep on hiding this. I was like, leave me alone. I like doing this thing underground. I don't want any recognition. And he saw something that I wasn't able to see. Uh, and then he was uh, really pushing me and being really encouraging me to, to, to start Instagram, to start all these social media. I wasn't really believing in that, but I told him, okay, I'll give it a go. <laughs> I did it one year ago. We sent to Argentina, we post everything. Then things started rolling. More people wanted to give me parts. I started to, uh, to do some more fundraisers and uh, all of a sudden, I was sending to Africa. I was sending to other people, uh, to other countries in South America, and uh, I met uh, Ray, a woman from Canada, is living in Spain, and Pato, a guy from Argentina, is living also in Spain, and they started helping a lot. And it just kind of, I would say, is uh, something I was doing all my life, and then uh, social media crashed into me. Yeah, that's all. That's awesome. And and to your point, so you know, obviously, you you've been riding bikes for a long time. And um, so, did you like how did you, how did you get into BMX itself? Like, what did you just see like some other kids riding? Did you have like an older or younger sibling or like what? Like where where did that where did that part of it start? Uh, it's weird because I remember the first time I ever saw a BMX video was uh, probably X Games, and it was I don't know eight or nine but uh, since i was five that this is some of my first memories i i was already trying to build stuff to jump with the bike on my first bike i always had that on me i don't know why but uh, i was also good at playing other sports so i never really got support for bmx because it was like an underground underdog thing you know yeah uh, until I moved to Spain, uh, my family moved to Spain. Uh, then um, I started skating. Uh, I got, I mean, pretty much I just wanted to do action sports and I wasn't able. I, I, we didn't have money, I couldn't afford it. I, I just found the skateboard on the, in the streets. I started skating. Then I met a guy, Dayan. He, he was telling me, like, if you really want to, to ride bikes, if you really love it, as you say, just uh, find yourself a job. I was 13 at the time and get a 
find a way. Yeah. So I just started brooming my 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 neighbors' uh, <laughs> porches and so on to get some cash, and I bought myself a BMX, and that's how how it started. That's awesome. That's awesome. So so you mentioned that you 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 played kind of other sports and stuff like that as well, but you naturally kind of gravitated towards the action sports of it. So, you know, team versus kind of being on your solo and, and having your own community, but it's, you know, it's all, if you mess up, it's all, it's all on you. It's not on another player. So what, what yeah. was it that kind of just an action sports in general, that kind of made more sense to you rather than, you know, the typical, you know, you know, team sports, whether it be, you know, football or whatever. I think uh, it's the uh, the pressure. I would say uh, I, okay. I enjoy playing football, soccer for for you in the USA, uh, and I enjoy I enjoy that a lot. But uh, my family have big ties with a with a with a, a team in Argentina. Uh, my great grandfather was the founder of the team, uh, so they always wanted to have family back on the on the on the team, and I just. Uh, I don't know at some point I just uh, didn't have fun anymore, and that's the thing with the BMX uh, or other action sports. You have, you have that community thing. You have that sense of belonging somewhere, but it's all on you. You can go right. You can just go and chill, and uh, that freedom is what what I don't know. It's just it's just something you know. Uh, action sports are like meditation. They push you a lot to live the present moment. Yeah. That's something that we don't really do in, in our society. We don't have time for that. It's really hectic. You go to work, go to study, uh, your partner, blah, 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 blah. So when you are riding, when you are on your bike, there is nothing else. For a couple of seconds, you are like gravitating, uh, like you're riding really fast into a jump or like ledge or whatever. It's you, just yourself, your bike, and that moment. And I think that's what always kept me in love with that. Yeah, yeah, no, that that, that totally makes sense. I was uh, and that was kind of the same thing for me growing up and riding bikes. You know, I always enjoyed watching team sports and that kind of stuff, but never enjoyed actually being a participant in in them. Uh, and, and to your point, you know, kind of you you're so able to create this this community and friends and all that stuff, and pump each other up and you know get each other stoked or whatnot, but. If, if you do something good, it's on you. If you do something bad, it's on you, you know, you know, if you mess up or whatnot. So that, that's what I always kind of enjoyed in that kind of that, that community aspect of it. And that's a good point too. I liked what you yeah. brought up. And also the creativity part, you know, yeah. the, you can see right now all different styles of BMX. If you play football, I mean, of course you have like attacking football or like defending soccer, sorry, <laughs> or defending soccer, but uh there's not much you can do. You have to follow some rules, you know, and I'm, I've, I was never drawn into follow things, you know, yeah, I yeah. just wanted to be myself and that's what I've done all my life. And that's what this project just happened to be like an extension of who I am. Yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome. And yeah, no, yeah, exactly. You, you, you're free to kind of figure out whatever you want to do, you know, with your body in the bike or your body in the skateboard or whatever that is, you know, there's no con constrict right there. Um, exactly. And then, and then, like I said, I like what you said too about kind of the 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 mental aspect of it, where you know your brain shuts out of everything else, and you're just focused on you know whatever that ledge or jump or whatever it is right in front of you, and just you know yeah. all goes away for that second or you yeah. know, however long. I always say that uh, BMX made me a better person, and I still stick to that until this day because it's not that you are you say uh, banish your problems; they are not going to disappear. But 
as I say, it's like a meditation. So you have problem with your boss, you have problem with your company, with your family, with your wife, your boyfriend, whatever. You go for a session, and after the session, you still have the same problems, but you see them differently. You can mm -hmm. act and react to them differently. And at the, at the end, that's life. You know, like life is not what happened to you, but what you do with that. And if you are more calm and you can like consider different aspects of what is happening and how you can solve that, then you can make it better. Yeah, totally. That, that, that definitely makes sense. Um, and, and then, so to, to the point too, like you said, you know, you know, growing up and, you know, you had to figure out a way to, to get your own bike at that one point when you're 13 or whatnot. Um, and, you know, I remember doing the same thing kind of with, with my friends or whatever, you know, you get a, uh, you know, one of the, the lower level, um, uh, complete bikes and then you, you slowly start upgrading parts and as you save up and kind of do all that stuff and then you start swapping <laughs> yeah. things with friends and old parts and all that stuff Dude, so that's... in my sorry i interrupted you in my case i i wasn't able to for a, a new bike uh, and not even a second hand one so what i did was uh, a friend of mine got like years before a bicycle a gt performer i think it was and his family has uh, a lot of money, or at least they, they used to have it at the time. So I, I pushed him to ride bikes, and then he started riding. He bought himself a new bike, and then I could buy his bike really cheap, because if not, I wouldn't have been able to buy one you know oh that's amazing that's hey and you know what it wasn't that wasn't selfish either because you got him out doing something he got you know involved in a new sport and whatnot a new friendship and so that's awesome yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's that's funny um so so obviously you know i had the love for that and then you just kind of naturally started kind of hooking people up because i mean you know for anybody that's listening that doesn't know the cost of a bike you know if you build out a brand new bike here in the States, I can't speak for anywhere else, but you know, it's two to three grand easily. Uh, and of course it's been years since I've built out a bike and, you know, like I said, I slowly yeah. got, got to the point where I'm in. So now I just slip out apart as I need it. So, I mean, it's, it's expensive to get in. It's not like a, it's not like a skateboard where, you know, you get a, a complete for a hundred bucks and you break it and then it's $50 for a new board or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I, and you can still buy a complete, uh, here in Europe is like 500 euros, the cheapest I would say. But if you really ride after two or three months, you already need to buy new rims and each rim is already 80 euros, you know, so yeah. it's, it's not cheap. It's, it's insane. So, so that's the cool part that especially what you're doing is, you know, those secondhand parts that are still good. Um, but you don't have that, that crazy kind of price tag associated with it. You know, you're just kind of shipping it out. So, you know, you, you mentioned a couple examples of, um, you know, hooking up your friends at ask for and that kind of stuff but wh where did it where did it get to a point where um you were it, it wasn't maybe maybe it was or did it, i guess it has it gotten to a point where people are reaching out to you that you don't know but they know what you're doing yeah, exactly what does that look like it's kind of crazy if i have to and it's like, i mean that this started happening uh mainly in the last i don't know four months uh and I don't know, to be honest, uh, I wasn't here the last uh, 10 days because I went visiting my girlfriend. She lives in another city. And when I came back, I had a big packet from a company, a German company called Olin. I have a big packet from a German district called All Right. I have a packet from a guy that contacted me that is a really nice guy from Slovenia. 
uh, and I have another package of a, a teenager that contacted me from Denmark. And, and I'm like, I don't know, uh, it's overwhelming, I have to say. I, I feel like really humble that they, they trust on what I'm doing. And a big part of why I, I, I believe they trust on what I'm doing is because I decided that the only way I, I could build a trust relationship with the project, since I'm not, I don't know, I'm not an old, I'm not Tag Michele, I'm not the, uh, Mike Eichen, an old pro BMXer that everybody would trust, you know? I'm a nobody that just have to happen to have great ideas. So I just started to get the Instagram of everybody that is donating and everybody that is receiving parts and then tagging them on the pictures when they receive the parts. And, and then they can build a relationship. That's one of the things I like the most about the project that now I see how uh, people from, from Cameroon is, is being followed for people from Denmark that they wouldn't have a relationship if it wasn't for this. And they are talking and one uh, flew from Cameroon to France like a month ago. Uh, and it wasn't the fist uh, contest, you know, but like, I love to see that kind of uh, worldwide connections. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And, and uh, so, so to that point, I think that's interesting too, because I mean, you know, you're, you're going across countries to connect these people, whether it's people sending you parts or you distributing those parts, you know, to people that need it. And that's another one of my favorite things about BMX is because the people that you meet from other places and then you, you build those relationships where, you know, if, if you're going there, like, Hey, you call them up, shoot them a message. Hey, I'm, I'm coming. Here. I, and I, I use that example, you know, cause I, um, you know, being here in the States, obviously Wood Camp Woodward was pretty accessible. Um, so I, so I yeah. worked there through the, the summers of, um, during my college years and stuff like that. But I've, you know, met people from, uh, you know, Sweden and Australia and England. And, um, so, I mean, so many other different places, but, when I graduated college, it was, it was, I, I spent out some time for travel time where I, you know, I had had my friends that I met through BMX through this common thing. And then yeah. I'd go and stay with them for a time and experience this whole new culture, this whole new kind of um, atmosphere, but all based around that same love for the BMX bike. So it's cool that you're kind of, you know, that's a big part of it too, is kind of creating, creating those, that community. Yeah. I mean, to me, that that's uh, pretty much the second most important thing, uh, the most important is uh, that meditation moment where you are just yourself on your bike. Um, and I think I would ride anyways bicycle, even if I had to ride alone. But the second and, and almost is almost the first as well is that community sense. You know, it's like it's so strong. And, and I don't know, my girlfriend uh, did a video for myself. Uh, she started collecting uh, the numbers of my, of, my, of my friends. And then she, she asked them to, to send me greetings for my uh, birthday. And uh, I, 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 I don't know, it was an eight-minute eight video with people from five continents. And they were speaking in four different languages, <laughs> uh, five, I'm sure. So it was really, really, really nice, you know. And, and most of them is just connection through BMX and, and, and this uh, love for use uh, a kid's bicycle. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. And that's, that's what it's all about. You know, that's, that's what it's all about. And I've, I've, uh, uh, two soon to be three younger ones and I'm working on getting them on their little balance bikes and kind of, you know, growing them up and allows oh, me to still be able to ride and all that stuff too, with them out in the, the driveway. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, working, working out, out that way and kind of creates a, a different relationship that I'll have with my sons growing up. So that's, that's cool too, you know, but so, so, so back to kind of the, the process of, 
you know, getting the parts and then sending the parts. And you mentioned, you know, you were just gone for a trip or whatever and you got back and you had all these parts now. Uh, so is that, mm-hmm. is it main, is that mainly still kind of organically driven where they're seeing your Instagram, you're building that trust and they're just like, or are you asking people for specific parts or is it just kind of like, Hey, whatever you have, just send it my way. I mean, so far, uh, the only people I asked for parts specifically were friend of mine. And the last time I did that was like two years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, it just happened that people like what I'm doing and they are like, hey, I have this. Can I, uh, do, do you think you can do something with this? Uh, I don't know. I've got uh, some parts that are not for for BMX. I got like some racing part, um, like uh, road bicycle parts, sorry. And uh, the guy was like, but uh, I'm pretty sure you can help somebody with this. And I, like, I mean, I, I can try, but <laughs> I, I'm not, I mean, I'm not that into road bikes, you know? Uh, so... I was I was asking that way, but just to close friends, uh, like before, like when when this was still super underground. Because when I was building a bike, uh, in the last five years, I would say I introduced um, people in their thirties to BMX, like I don't know, five to seven people, and I built a bike for themselves, uh, for them, and then I gave them the bike and so on. And in the process of building a bike, in some point, you I don't know, you have three rims and you just need two, so you need to start swapping parts and ask for specific things but that hasn't happened for at least two years or one year and a half yeah that's awesome and 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 sorry i just got kind of sidetracked on something i saw online you mentioned you know getting riders starting in the you know the 30s or whatnot i don't know if you saw on instagram i can't remember who posted it it might have been rbmx or someone but it was a 70 year old 75 year old uh guy from japan (laughs) that was doing bunny hops and they were like he was 75 years old (laughs) It just like blew my mind. Big old smile yeah. on his face too. Like that's exactly why. I, yeah, uh, I I've seen that one, and I've seen some other uh, old people, uh, not that old, but uh, like in their sixties or late fifties. And that's the point. That's why I I, don't, I I really want to make something shorter for Instagram because it's easier to to read and to to say okay, I want to check on them. But I love the name because of that, because it's just of all the smiles, you know, yeah. we keep on writing. I did, a, I, I also have a project that uh, is a, a BMX marathon about four trails. Uh, and I did a, an interview with my icon and we were talking and uh, we just discussed why we keep on riding. And we were like, it's just about the smiles in our faces. It's just yeah. about that feeling. So that's why I'm really in love with this name. as well. <laughs> no, I love it too. I think you definitely keep it, keep it going that way. So, so as far as receiving the parts, like, can we, we kind of talked about that. And obviously in the beginning, we talked about some specific instances of, you know, your friends that were needing, you know, these parts to kind of get started. So now, you know, as it's grown over the past couple of years or so are like, is it, is it somebody, you know, somewhere in Spain that's like, Hey, like just broke my handlebar. Do you have some, or like, what, what does that process look for somebody who's receiving the parts? Yeah, I mean, that, that happened, I, I have to answer the messages like that, I don't know, four or five times a week. Uh, most of them come from, from Africa, uh, the Middle East, and, and also South America, but mainly from Africa. And it makes sense because they, they most of them don't have a distro. Most of the parts they, they get, they, they got them from riders that were visiting or something like that. And uh, what I say always is like, it's just extremely expensive to send parts. Uh, I, I'm sorry, but I cannot help you individually. What we can try to do is uh, 
you have to start like a, a, a non-profit association. So we can, uh, because we already have problems with that. To send with no problems, uh, we have to send to a non-profit association. So go through the customs and they, they can guarantee that it's a donation and they are not going to resell the parts, you know? Okay. Actually, two, three, three months ago, we sent to Nigeria and we got the packet sent back and we lost all the money. And one, uh, it's just, um, it's just frustrating, you know, because yeah. they, 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 they were just like, no, this is not a donation. We cannot accept this. And we're like, yeah, of course it's a donation. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's just really expensive to send. One packet, the 25 kilos packet is uh, 359 euros. Holy cow. So, yeah, so that's the main problem right now. I mean, I, I have a small bike shop. Uh, I, I build a, a, um, an office for the project so I can organize everything, keep track of who donated what and so on. And I've got a small bike shop and I, I still keep receiving parts, you know. The problem right now is uh, getting enough money to send because uh, we don't have uh, many followers. We are like 4,300 followers, something like that. And... Um, up to till now, we were just doing fundraisers, crowdfundings to get money, but the same people isn't going to donate over and over and over again. So that's the main problem. We need to reach more people, so more people share, more people can donate. And I'm also trying to do the the legal way. I started an official NGO that okay. in Germany is called Verein, um, and I'm I'm and I sent I think like 12 or 15 applications to see if I can get some money from the German government to say hey dude like we are we are helping to fix the mess you did in Africa so give us some money <laughs> so we can keep on doing this you know yeah that well yeah that's that's um it, it's so, cool that you're taking those right steps you know yeah so the process is uh, you contact uh, our Instagram or some of the people that you can see that we are involved with the project then uh, we have to see if uh, if we can help your community uh, because we cannot send just to a specific person if you need tires uh, you send in tire from from uh, bremen uh, where i live that is almost in hamburg in northern germany to nairobi just a pair of tires is like 120 euros you know so it's totally not worth it but if i send a big packet like 25 kilos or, or two packages then i can fit there like 15 tires to help many riders and that's the first step we need to have a small community that we can help and we have two ways either we have a person in common that is traveling to those countries because some some family reasons or that that small community have to have a non-profit association so we can send to them that makes sense. And, and, and honestly, I, I guess yes. that's one thing that I didn't really um, take into consideration. You know, obviously it sounds like you're, you're not having any issues at all finding the people or getting, finding the parts, but I didn't really think about the logistical part of it. Like you said, you know, and also that totally makes sense. It's harder than it seems. Yeah. And that, well, and that totally makes sense. Even, you know, the tire example, you know, well, is there a big community here? So if we're going to spend, you know, however much to ship it to you can we what else can we include in this to help others as well in your area so that yeah no those those kind of logistical almost nightmares you know kind of make sense and seem seem you know kind of tough you know in that way yeah i mean when i was sending the this bike to to my friend emmy in argentina i the same packet with one bike that was i don't know 12 kilos uh 13 
was 360 euros. So I was able to add until up to 25 and I, would, I, I could pay the same. So it makes sense to, to, to push the limit as much as you can. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, it helps with the kind of overall cost of that. So, I mean, is, is there going to be like a part or has there been a part like where, you know, you're able to, you know, travel with those, like maybe you find like a large community or something like that, you know, in some other country that maybe you haven't been to before, where you figure out a way to kind of go there and deliver it yourself or, you know, is there anything like that or? Yeah, I, one month ago, one month and a half ago, actually, no, a little bit longer. Almost two months ago, wow, time flight. Um, <laughs> I flew with my girlfriend to Morocco and a friend of mine. Uh, we were having these problems because there were some diplomat, uh, diplomatic problems between Germany and, and Morocco. So we were not able to send things and it was really expensive. And in some point, my girlfriend, she just told me, she's awesome. She just told me, hey, Gabo, I just want to, to, to pay for like, holidays for you because uh, you, you work all the time doing things for other people. You don't have much time for yourself. So I would love to, to give you a little gift so we can visit your mom in Spain if you want. I checked the, the flights and so on. It was super expensive. So I told her it doesn't make any sense, but the flights to Morocco are really cheap. <laughs> so we can fly there. <laughs> we have five days for ourselves. We have uh, five days to, to, to hang out with the people and bring parts to them and help the community there. And that's what we did. You know, I contacted some people, really nice people, Asil and Mehdi. They are, they are building a DIY skate park in Marrakech. Uh, I was in love with what they are doing because they, they live in a kind of tough neighborhood. So they, they reclaim uh, a, place, a piece of land that was uh, not being used and so drunk uh, uh, and addicts were hanging out there. They clean everything, they started painting, they started a garden, and after that, they started building ramps. So the community loves them. I, I saw that, I was like, I really want to support these people. So I, I, my girlfriend got the ticket, I filled uh, three pack, uh, Odyssey backpacks with uh, 60 kilos of parts, and we flew there. And that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for this. That's, that's this project, awesome. I mean. That's awesome. And, and that brings up another aspect as well, too. So, you know, they're basically building a place to ride from scratch there. And like you said, it was a rough area. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm sure like traveling around, you know, pro- you know, having that kind of that, that positive outlet of BMX being in that positive outlet kind of helps almost help the community in a sense, you know, no, yeah. no matter what you're into, because you're having something an activity to do that you know isn't causing issues you know yeah yeah i would like to take a second just to uh, send a shout out to asil and Mehdi because what they are doing is uh, just insane I, I mean in that they told me that the kids were not able to play there alone because it was dangerous and now kids and elderly people they they use all that area is, uh, belongs to them again just because these crazy people that ride small kid bicycles <laughs> decided that they were fed up with what was going on there. They started cleaning, painting, uh, created a garden. And then after all that, they started building ramps and, and now they have a beautiful community there. I mean, they don't still don't have many, many, um, many ramps because it's actually quite expensive. They also have a fundraiser. So if anybody wants to check on that, hit me up and I will give you all the details. And, uh, that's the power of BMX. That's why I'm doing this because uh, I know that BMX has given me so much. Uh, I'm pretty sure that 
some of my friends uh, from 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 my teenage uh, and and childhood years in Argentina ended up uh, with severe problems with drugs or criminal activities, and I never did just because I was like, that's a waste of time. I, I can't spend that time riding my bike. Why I would do yeah. that? You know, and that's the power of this. That's a uh, I know. Yeah. No, that, that totally makes sense. And it's, and it's cool to kind of hear those stories from outside com- communities and you know, even your own personal stories with friends and that kind of stuff, you know, how, how that it's been able to make an impact just, you know, as, as something that most people look and say, Oh, that's, that's pretty silly. He's on a little bike and he's, you know, 30 years old. What is he doing? But yeah. it, it's, it's much more than just that, you know? So. Yeah. You know, I always say to people when I hear something like that is what, what, what that person is doing, he or she, uh, that person is being happy. You know, yeah. we, we live in a we live in a society that uh, we often forget. But uh, it's not like we stop being kids. We we are always kids. It's just that in some point we have to pretend to be adults, and we have problems, uh, adult problems. And of course, we have to take care of those things. We might have kids. We might have a mortgage or whatever. But deep down, we just want to have fun. And yeah. if you have fun with the bike, do it. If you have fun with skate, do it. If you want to, to play, I don't know, kendama, just do what makes you happy, you know? And don't think that much about what other people would think about you. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what they think. It matters just how you feel and how you interact with the, your environment. Yeah, to- totally agree. Um, you know, because if if you're able to be happy in whatever you're doing, it's going to make others around you that are happy in your family, work, kids, whatever that is, you know, and that kind of creates that, that, that home life trickle effect as well, you know? So that's great. Yeah. That's actually, no, go ahead. Yeah. I would just want to mention something really curious that uh, BMX helped me uh, to fall in love with myself. And I wanted to mention that because there is a research, I cannot uh, say exactly which university did it, but I, I read, I don't know, two or three years ago, that the, there is like a, you know, when you are single for such a long time and, and you, you cannot get laid, nobody likes you, and you, you want to, to get to know a person and that the boy or girl just ignores you. And as soon as you you are in a relationship again, everybody likes you, everybody <laughs> yeah. wants to be with you. Yeah. You know, they found out that the thing is that the way we interact with people and the way we show ourselves when we feel loved, change. So once you have the perception that you are loved because of some external factors, you change and you show that. But if you are able to find love with yourself and feel that love coming from yourself, you don't need that external factor to feel good and to show that to people. And BMX just pushed me somehow to to break that barrier and to to I was uh, and I'm still a really shy person. It's just I, I find my way through, and even though I have those feelings, I just push them, and somehow that helped me a lot. That confidence that came just for riding bikes and and feeling like if I'm able to to do uh, uh, like hoping that. Uh, doing a tail whip, why I cannot do this? And that yeah. that just helped me with many other things in my life. Yeah, that makes sense. And that, that, that research is also super interesting and that, and, you know, makes total sense from a logical standpoint as well, you know, and then you, you find that loving yourself first and then, you know, it, it helps with everything. You don't need that, that external thing. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, it was I find that amusing. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But like I said, that's, yeah, no, that's super interesting. 
Um, and, and, you know, I, I usually like to ask, you know, a piece of advice, but I, I feel like we kind of just talked about that, <laughs> you know, it kind of wrapped up, you know, from that and, 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 you know, kind of the, the whole happiness of it, um, as far as, you yeah. know, if you're worried about somebody judging you for whether it's bikes or playing a game or whatever that is, but it makes you happy. But I guess, is there anything else that you'd like to add to that advice that you just gave as far as, you know, uh, you know, getting out there or maybe even, you know, maybe if it's not personal, but maybe it's something that somebody else wants to figure out how to help their community sort of in a similar way that you're doing, um, you know, what, it's hard to say, but uh, something I, I, I say really often, and that's why I'm going to say now, is that the, you don't have to talk about the change. You have to be the change. You have to be the person you would like to see in the world. You don't have to wait to see that person. I hear so many times, I'm going to start recycling once my neighbors recycle as well, because if I do it and they don't, they won't, uh, it doesn't make sense. And it's like, it doesn't matter. You, ha- you have to be the change. You have to be what you want to see in the world and then the world your environment is going to change with it maybe not today maybe not tomorrow maybe not in 10 years but at least you are going to feel that you have done your life uh, the best you could and if you didn't get to reach whatever you wanted to reach it's also okay i think we believe in uh, we live in a society where failing is like kind of uh, punish it and failing is just a part of learning and, and 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 how to get to bigger things so I believe that you, it's like football, like soccer. Sorry for you. Um, know what you mean. <laughs> you, have, you, have, you have to play until the last minute. doesn't matter if you lose the game. But if you play until the minute 97 and you did your best, I'm, I'm, I feel always good with that if I didn't reach my goals. As long as I know that I, I, I was being the person I want to see. And, and you might really often I fail and really often I, I don't get what I want, but at least I feel like I did my best and that's enough. So the advice I would say is just you be the change, be that person that you want to see in the world. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's excellent advice. I also think it's, uh, it's kind of funny that, that you brought up the whole aspect of failure as well, because I think it's probably like my last three or four guests, including you somehow at the end <laughs> of the conversation, uh, or the interview we've, we've talked about kind of how, how the, the framework of what failure means is, is wrong, you know, and it, and it, and it keeps people from trying new things or being the change in that case or anything like that, whatever aspect of life it is that, that just whole thought of failure, isn't always a bad thing. Um, and it's not a bad thing that you just got to learn from it. So I think it's funny that you brought that up as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is funny, but it's something that our society, uh, like more and more people is waking up, but our society was pushing and punishing a lot of people to, to, to believe that. I, I believe it's just because it's easier to control people if they are fearful, you know, yeah. it's easier to keep people doing what you want them to do. Like, uh, for example, that's like uh, the story of nylon, that the first nylon they, they produced was so strong that uh, like you could carry a car with that, you know? And uh, then the, the, the boss, the owner of the company was unhappy with that. So it's more or less like the guy was starting to, to make all the workers afraid that they would lose their jobs if they didn't, wouldn't produce a nylon that was a little bit worse. So that it would eventually break and they could sell again. Oh, and if yeah. you change the, peop- the mindset of people to, to be fearful, uh, at the end, you, you can just 
kind of control them. And that's why I believe that the, we have all that thing with failure. We believe that we have to make everything perfect first try. It's not, you are not worth it. You are not a nice person. You, you would never reach your goals. And it's like, not like that at all. I, don't yeah. know, I think that the, if you if you if you see the the life of any successful person, uh, name it. Uh, all of them went through a lot of shit. Yeah, you know, and a lot of failures. And in some point, they just reach the the whatever they were seeking for. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah, that kind of that, that mindset and and getting away from that instilled fear definitely helps kind of break that, uh, you know, control, you know, the kind of, as you mentioned, and if, and like you said, anybody I mean, that's ever I, been successful I want to say has something failed. else. It's, it's not control, like a kind of conspiracy theory, like the, the goal, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's just like kind of a subconscious thing that yeah. pretty much everybody does just because you want people to do the things you want to see, or you want to, to achieve, you know, if you have a company and you want to reach I don't know how many millions or this or that. It's not like a conspiracy theory. They are like pulling the strings behind the scenes. It's just some more human basic uh, psychology. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I, I, yeah, no, I totally got what you meant when, when you said that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so anyway, so where where can people um, find you online, uh, social, all that stuff? Where can people learn about, you know, donating to your fundraisers or parts or get connected if they need parts and kind of, you know, where do people find all that? Uh, right now we have uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, both of them share like your smile. Uh, and hopefully in two or three weeks, we already have our website and they can also find a lot more information there. We have the links to our fundraisers. Right now we have one that's called share smile with India and one that is uh, share smile with Africa. And, uh, both of them, the links are in our descriptions, in our bio. So there they can follow all the information. They can just uh, hit, uh, I'm always there. Like they can just talk to me. Uh, even if you to get to know a little bit more the project or some more details, uh, it's also okay. And I also would say that the sharing and following and all that, uh, it seems really like something you we hear all the time and I'm, I'm I'm, I'm kind of sick because if I have to be honest, I, before this project, I wasn't, I mean, I'm, I'm still not an Instagram person, uh, but now because of the project, <laughs> I, I, I need it. And the only way to reach more people is when people share, you know? Yeah, definitely. So everyone, uh, for sure, make sure you check out um, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Those couple fundraisers, uh, obviously doing some pretty awesome things for the BMX community. And as some of the stories we shared other communities that even don't ride BMX, you know, from that trickle down effect. So, um, yeah, we, we also sent some skateboards as well, uh, some uh, rollerblades as well. Like, because at the end of the day, what we want to share is the happiness uh, for, uh, and this like, uh, yeah, that living the present moment, that action sport brings to your life and that hope and sense of belonging. And uh, I know that for me, that's BMX, but for some other people it would be something else. And uh, hopefully we can keep growing and, and send more stuff and more different sports. Uh, but it's just about the sharing happiness. That's why I would just uh, sum it up, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, so do that, check them out, see see how you can help and get involved in kind of that community. And uh, But yeah, I appreciate you kind of coming on and sharing your story and, and uh, sharing a smile. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah, for sure. So I wish you the best of luck, um, you know, moving forward with all that. And, and yeah.
Yeah, thanks a lot. I'm really happy to be here, to have the time to talk to you, to, to connect with new people, to, yeah, to just share some stories and smile. And that always brings uh, happiness to me. <laughs> That's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you've made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life in motion. Until next time.